0: Well, in our readings today uh, for the memorial of St. Ignatius of Antioch, there are so many elements that all come together. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do justice to them all, but I'd like to continue going through this exposition that I've been doing on the epistle to Hebrews and see if I can tie it into St. Ignatius and our gospel text. Uh, I'm sorry, did I say Hebrews? I meant to the Romans. I'd like to continue going through the ex- exposition on St. Paul's letter to the Romans and, uh, so it was last Tuesday we had the opening salvo where St. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of God for it is uh, the power of salvation. For everyone who believes in it is revealed the justice of God. And so through the gospel is revealed, uh, the justice of God. It's not the justice by which he himself is just, but the justice with which he makes us just. And so really what uh, St. Paul is speaking about in theological terms, he's speaking about grace. And then uh, it was uh, Thursday that I spoke on how uh, that grace was won for us through the atonement of Jesus Christ. He merited it for us through his sufferings and death on the cross. And then yesterday I spoke about, uh, I began to speak about the various aspects of the subjective appropriation of that grace into our life. And then uh, today we're going to take a little pause and speak about St. Paul's um, very penetrating, very penetrating, very deep analysis of the Old Testament. So St. Paul's main point here in this passage that's uh, given to us in our lectionary is that the promise of justification, the promise of grace, uh, that wonderful, mysterious gift that links us with God, that's been revealed to us uh, as Christians, uh, that really is the, uh, the supreme promise that was made to Abraham. It was, it was made to him, and it was promised as an inheritance for all the world, not through the law but simply through this uh, gracious promise that God made uh, to Abraham. So it's it's something outside the law. It's not destined just for those who observe the law, meaning the um, the children of Israel, but it's destined for everybody. And Paul proves that grace is going to be given outside the terms of the law through the law itself. He's quoting the law here. And the law itself, the Torah, as, our, as the Jews call the, the, um, the first five books of the Old Testament, the, the Torah itself testifies that this ultimate gift and inheritance of grace is meant for everybody and not just those who observe the Torah. And we see that in... Uh, Genesis. And so St. Paul does this very profound, penetrating analysis of Genesis chapter 17. He quotes verse 5, but the proper understanding of it is drawn from the entirety of Genesis 17. And what's remarkable about that is that God is here and He's changing Abram's name. So there's a, tra- a, a change of name from Abram to Abraham. And Abraham means father of a multitude. He says you are, you will be a father of the multitude of nations. You will be a father of many nations, plural. And it must be the case that God is speaking to Abraham about a spiritual paternity and not a literal blood paternity. And that's Paul's point here. And Paul is saying, we know that from the text of Genesis itself because Abraham had many blood descendants. He had a relation of Hagar, and so he gave birth to the Ishmaelites. Later on, he had two other, I think it was at least two, at least one other, uh, slave women who gave birth to the Midianites and other lineages. Um, Edomites came through uh, Isaac. And so in a certain sense, one might say, well, when God says to Abraham that he's going to be a father of many nations, he's talking about these different lineages. That's not the case. If you, if you look closely to the passage, you notice that Sarah herself, she will be, it'll be from her that, uh, she will give birth, that many peoples and many nations and kings of nations will come from her. So it's not Ishmaelite's lineage, uh, it's not the Midianite lineage. It's specifically through Isaac. And uh, moreover, we know from, from Isaac he gave birth to Jacob and Esau. Esau was positively excluded from the inheritance and from the, the promise of the covenant. He was positively excluded. And so we're really left with Jacob, who gave birth to one nation. Just one nation. So when God says to Abraham, when he changes his name to Abraham and says you're going to be a father of a multitude of nations, it, it could not have been literal blood paternity. It was a spiritual paternity that he's speaking about. And this right there, we see that, that's the promise of the gospel of grace to the Gentiles, to all the world, to the nations. And so if we're sitting down with our, our Jewish brothers and sisters, we, when I ask them, like, well, how do you, how do you interpret that? St. Paul is, has kind of got you in a corner. I mean, this is a promise to Abraham, but it's for the, for the gentiles it's for everybody and not just those who are observant of the law and this is what uh what paul is bringing to us here so that the test the law itself testifies that the promise of grace is going to be given to everyone and not just to the adherence of the law and uh when christianity came on on the scene it exploded uh and, and convert after convert after convert gentile convert it just it was a ripple effect all throughout uh the the gentile world at that time in Rome and saint ignatius is uh one of the uh one of the early converts he he very likely he knew personally saint paul and uh um, he was the second bishop of antioch which is one of the most important uh, ancient uh, episcopal sees And he was arrested by uh, the Romans, and he was brought all the way from Syria to Rome to be uh, executed in the amphitheater. And um, we see the same faith that is in Abraham, the same faith that's in St. Paul, is the same faith in St. Ignatius. Abraham knew that part of that promise of grace involved the resurrection of the dead. When God said to him, all your descendants will be named through Uh, Isaac, But then he says to him, I want you to sacrifice Isaac. Abraham concluded that God was going to raise up Isaac from the dead. And uh, as it turns out, Isaac was spared and there was a ram in his place. And and Abraham didn't have to sacrifice him. He sacrificed a ram. And in the depths of uh, revelation of the Holy Ghost, Abraham understood the coming of the Messiah as a sacrificial figure. And he understood the resurrection of the dead. And so this is what St. Paul is speaking about. It says, "He is Abraham is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead. And so that faith in the resurrection is bound up with that promise of grace that the epistle of the Romans is all about. And if we go to our gospel texts, um, we see this uh, this kind of warning from our Lord. He says, Everyone who acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will acknowledge before the angels of God. Whoever denies me before others will be denied before the angels of God. And St. Ignatius of Antioch was one of those who had that faith of the res- in the resurrection. He had that same faith that Abraham uh, had a prophetic grasp of, the same faith that St. Paul taught to us and preached. And here's just a... a uh, selection from Saint Ignatius's letter to the Romans, same church that Saint Paul wrote to, only uh, maybe 60 years earlier. So this is from about the year 110 or so. <clears throat> Ignatius is anticipating his being thrown to the wild beasts. He says, "Rather entice the wild beasts that they may become my tomb and leave no trace of my body." That when I fall asleep, I may not be burdensome to any. Then I shall be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, when the world shall not even see my body. Beseech Christ on my behalf that I may be found a sacrifice through these instruments. I do not order you as did Peter and Paul. They were apostles. I am a convict. They were free. I am even until now a slave. But if I suffer, I shall be Jesus Christ's freedman. And in him I shall rise free.